Alright guys, welcome to my ASMR video. Just kidding. Hey everyone, my name is Gus. Um, I'm sure you guys know that just because I feel like I'm a no one <laughs> in the podcast realm and people probably listen to this or probably my friends who I harass. Hey, listen to my podcast. Hey, listen to my podcast. But thank you guys for tuning in. Um, the reason why I wanted to, do, to start a podcast was just because I just wanted to vocalize my experiences, get them out there, just to see if anyone else can relate to and... I just apologize in case there are discrepancies that you may hear because um I this is my like I said this is my first podcast and I do will take some time or increments just to figure out what I'm going to say think before I speak in case I say something dumb per usual but yeah thank you guys so um I took a poll on Instagram talking about if we wanted to talk about my general life or my immoral life and what i mean by immoral is just you know like the drugs the raving the sex like all that all the non-good stuff compared to the wholesome stuff and a lot of people seem very interested in the immoralness the wrongness the the debauchery it's funny the environment i'm in right now i mean i'm literally just chilling in my room at eight thirty-three p.m vocalizing and articulating my personal life while my mom's washing dishes and my brother's playing Fortnite on the Xbox in the room next door. But we can just get straight into it. Um, in regards to the drugging, uh, the drugging, oh my goodness, um, that would be bad. In regards to drugs, I've actually done, I've done quite a few things and some of those things I'm not necessarily proud of like they were really good some of them were really like awesome trips and some of them i was just i felt guilt first firstly i'm even feeling i'm even sweating right now just <laughs> to thinking about some of them from those experiences because oh man they rocked my shit but um at a few raves i've actually done um my friends cc favi andrew enzo who else is there they know they know that um I took acid from a stranger, and the only reason I took it, firstly, I didn't even know it was acid, I thought it was ecstasy or something, but the only reason I took it from this stranger was just because they were really attractive to me. I was really attracted to them. I was like, oh my god, what if they're offering it to me just so we can do it? But I, you know, I took it. An hour later, not even an hour later, ten minutes later, I was like, "Guys, why is everyone green?" And I wasn't even like, "Guys, why is everyone green?" I was like, "I'm dying." And I remember that night vividly. I I couldn't sleep for five days, um, because the day after the rave, the de- the night of the rave, I was able to sleep, but. It was really bad. Like, I kept seeing people, and even in the car, I kept seeing these, like, these visions and apparitions. And I know for three, four days, I remember telling my friends, I was like, hey, like, every night I get sleep paralysis, and there's this shadowy figure just standing and staring at me. Like, on the first day, um, it was, like, I'm getting kind of scared just talking about it. But on the first day, this, um, the shadowy figure was just in the corner of the room. I, I woke up to this really intense feeling sleep paralysis i'm no stranger to it so i just i'm just i just tell myself i'm like hey like gus just go back to sleep this is all in your head but as soon as i say that i i don't 
I feel like I don't hear him speak. It's just like him speaking to my mind, like telekinesis. I know it sounds dumb, but that's how it felt. And as soon as he said that, I felt so red. I started crying and I didn't go to sleep till like six in the morning. And I, if you know me, I love morning classes. I had class at eight. I got one hour of sleep. And this was towards the end of finals. So it really screwed me over. And on the second day, um, the same thing, same situation. He, this time he wasn't at the corner of the bed. He was at the end of my corner of the room. Sorry. Instead of being in the corner of the room, he was actually at the end of my bed. And I was, I just kept telling myself and crying. I was like, hey, Gus, like, it's just, it'll go away. It's just a dream. It's just a dream. And lo and behold, it was the same thing over and over. It's just me crying. And the third day, he was right next to me. And I can actually see his face. It was really burned. That's all I remember. It was so burned to the point where I started, like, crying. And I remember screaming in my, I tried to scream, but I really, I couldn't. And I had roommates at the time, but um, one of them snored really loud, and I lived in a double. So instead of living in a double with them, I moved to the living room, like this really big, empty space, which made it all the more creepier. And the fourth day, I had sleep paralysis, but he wasn't there this time. And the fifth day, I was like, the day of, when I was about to sleep on the fifth day, I told myself, like, hey, like, last night was good just drink a chamomile tea eat healthy food pray before you sleep and i'm not really i'm before it wasn't really religious but within the past year i've been um delving into christianity but i started praying on the fifth night i was like hey like it would be awesome (laughs) i can't say that to the lord but i would just hope that he wouldn't be there this time and he was this time i'm not sure but i had sleep paralysis the same night and since i had my bed laid against the window i felt him knocking and i don't know there is no trees or nothing i lived on the first floor there it was just concrete but i heard knocking someone tapping on a door and i swear i felt like someone was trying to open open the door and this just added more fear to me of like not ever doing drugs or doing drugs for a stranger but we all know that's a lie because i still do that shit i'm just kidding um and yeah i really don't do it no more i'm kind of (laughs) scared that experience really killed it but um before that i would just do ecstasy with my friends here and there um you know they were really good trips the only bad part i would have to say is just just being really horny and like being so thirsty for water just because of how like kind of siphons all your water up i don't know how it probably just internally like heats up every part of your body that you have to have water to hydrate everything to cool down the stimulants that the drug is providing to you but yeah i think it just it just makes me really happy and friendly and like like i mentioned horny but i never give into those feelings of like sexuality just because i feel like when you're out there on on drugs and you're looking for someone to have sex with like that's when you're blinded the most and stds are a thing and i feel like i've never had one i've had like an std scare but i've never had one i feel like that's not the the safety like condoms or birth control isn't what's on people's minds at raves i feel like people are just they're on one they're looking for something and then you just go your separate ways and that's how it is in the real world but i feel like in the real world outside the rave realm um 
people actually have are conscious and have a mindset of being safety sometimes you know and just moving on to my own um sex life um it's really dry yeah like i'm not embarrassed to say it i just haven't been looking for anyone i i've met a few people who are interested in me and i'm interested in them but i feel like at this point in my life i don't know what i'm doing and i just that kind of causes some stress to myself and i don't want to like use them as an outlet to de-stress myself just because i don't know i just don't really want to be a burden to someone if we're just being friend with benefits i think like the last time i had sex was was with um some guy in koreatown um he was it was awesome um yeah koreatown he was also filipino (laughs) um that was like in february dude and it's august it's been six months i've had a few people guys and girls come up to me like hey like wanna hook up i'm like no just because like i said i don't know what i'm doing sometimes i'm i'm just not interested in finding anyone i i've downloaded tinder i've talked to a few people i've went on a few dates um i have been seeing someone i just don't post them on social media that much just because um they're actually a physician and they're an instructor at usc um they're not really supposed to like just like teaching you're not supposed to put your social life like i am doing it right now you're not supposed to vocalize anything that would be harmful for kids to know about you um just because you can get in big trouble with your school district they'll fire you on the spot i know someone who posted a picture with alcohol on it they got fired um they didn't get fired they just got um on on a, they were put on a leave just for like a month just for stuff to cool down just because a parent found it on Instagram and screenshot it, sent it to the office and was like, hey, like, is this the person who's like taking care of my kids? But I don't know. I, I'm I'm very carefree sometimes and I feel like that's like a double-edged sword, especially in this case where I'm kind of putting my life out there. But I don't know. Anyways, back to my sex life. Yeah, last time I, I did it was like February. Been talking to someone. I just don't post it because he can get in trouble because I do post a lot of things and when I do post it I cover his face up. He's a very nice person. Um very opposite of me. And by opposite of me I mean like super serious like Gus, do you ever shut the fuck up? I don't like <laughs> But he's really nice. Um I'm very happy right at the moment. But before him, um February was the last time I did it before that a few months ago just once and i didn't particularly enjoy it i told the person it was a girl i was i, t- I told them i was or told her i was like hey like i'm not really feeling it i'm gonna go home now and i just left um yeah i've it's just been kind of stale post-grad life i feel like in college was when your prime time and i feel like it's not just for me it's um it's showtime for everybody. It's like, man, we're all alone. No one's watching us. Alcohol. $10 vodka. Amsterdam's talking right now. Yeah, I feel like in college, I wasn't that bad. I feel like I was. But it was with the same people. You get me? I was a 
it's weird talking about myself like that, but I feel like in college I was like a, let's fucking go, sex machine. And there's the same, I feel like in college I probably had like 14 partners. They weren't even partners. I, I don't remember their names. Most of the time I was really drunk, which is really bad. Um, that was non-consensual, but whatever. Um, yeah, college college was a trip, man. After college ended, it's been really stale. And I'm not really looking for anything now that I have Bran. I mean, I, that's a problem, too. He's 27 years old. He's ready for some kids. And I'm 22, and since we're both males... um. We can't have any children, and we've talked about this already. He really wants to go into adoption, but I told him, dude, I'm, you're five years older than me. You're, so, you're almost hitting the 30s. I'm barely entering the 20s, and you've lived your youthful life, your 20s youth, and I, I'm barely beginning to emerge from it. So I don't think there's a way I can, you know, like, have kids right now and you know, it kind of led into an argument. It's like, why don't you want kids? Like, aren't you supposed to be a teacher? Like, you should be loving kids. And I was just like, dude, that doesn't mean... I mean, I can see where there might be, like, a relationship between that. But at the moment, I feel like I, I want a kid in the future. I really do when I'm, like, 30. But that's, like, in seven years. And Brian's already had those seven years compared to me. He's He already has his life figured out. He's a physician at USC. Guys, I'm, like... I don't know what I'm doing still. I don't even know if I want to be with kids forever. So that's a very stressing part about my life. Um, that's where we're kind of at the fork in the fork. Is that what's called fork in the road of our relationship? Um, and I know it's different. It it won't. It, it's not as stressful for like a homosexual couple just because of adoption. I mean, there's still that process, but when I feel like I compare it to a heterosexual relationship, I feel like it's not as stressful or demanding. But it's still there, and I wish Bran could be more understanding of that. You know, I'm just going off into a, a, a tangent. This was supposed to be my, about my sex life. All in all, summarize, summarization of my sex life, it's stale as fuck. Until I met Bran. He's, uh, he's like older, so he kind of lost his, like, sex life, kind of. I don't know, he's weird. Um, Mine is still there. I'm like, Bran, let's fucking go again. He's like okay i'm like okay we don't have to he's like okay that's cool and then he goes to sleep but that's my sex life all right so i talked about drugs how taking fucking drugs from a stranger ruined it all um talked about my sex life and kind of went to my romantic life there's more to it but yeah so the last thing to talk about is raves um at first, when I started getting into raving, I I kind of listened to the music in middle school and high school, but I I wasn't really aware that there's, like, big events for this kind of music, just because I feel like if you listen to, like, EDM or dubstep, I feel like you weren't really listened to, or, like, people were just kind of, like, whatever about it. I know the first song I ever listened to was Sierra Leone dubstep. I think it was, that's what it was called. It had, like, some girl, like, blindfolded with, like, blood splattered on the back. I mean, the way I'm describing it makes it seem morbid and stuff, but it wasn't. It, it was really cool. I really like that song. I'm actually going to listen to it after, just for nostalgia reasons. But 
when I started getting to the rave scene, I the first rave I went to was a, a shit show, and I can, I'm not really gonna go into depth into it. But me and one of my close friends and their boyfriend, we, I think it was my fault in particular. I was being a dumbass, and then I also had um, ecstasy for the first time. It made my nipples really hard, by the way. Like, I don't even know how to describe how hard they were. I just want to like pinch them off. But we got in an argument, and I didn't talk to one of my closest friends that I met in college for, like, at least a month. And I felt really bad. I felt really sad. I remember in a car ride home, um, we didn't talk. And that's from, from L.A. to MB, or NorCal. That's, like, six, seven hours. And if I could go back, I would probably not do the drugs, just because I feel like that was when it all started. That's when my addiction started, guys. I'm just kidding. It's not an addiction. It's not an addiction unless you pay for it. That's what someone told me. Um, Oh, actually, that person who told me that, when I was in a gay bar, I went to the restroom and I was really fucked up. Um, And I just looked at myself in the mirror for like 10 minutes because I... Oh, man, I, I was a mess. And my friends were just outside and this guy comes in. It's just me and him and... It's a gay bar, and I don't know, but sometimes gay people are kind of, like, too pushy sometimes. And when I was in there, he just kind of got really close to me. And mind you, I was on, I was, I was in the urine, using the urinal, and he approaches me. He gets really close to me, and I'm just like, hey, man, like, can you take a step back? And he, he kind of just, like, laughed about it and went back to pee- and peeing, and then... I went to wash my face and wash... I washed my hands first, I promise you. Then I went to go wash my face. And he... um, He just comes up to me and kind of starts touching my... Kind of starts touching my body. And I was just like, you need to step back, man. Like, I don't know who you are. And this guy was like six feet tall. He was, he was handsome and he was pretty built. But still, you don't let anyone touch you like that. Especially when they know you're like intoxicated. That's what I hate about people. I hate when people think they can touch you just because you're drunk or something like that doesn't yeah i can go off on a huge tangent but he he kind of gets the message that i don't want to be touched or anything i'm just like man fuck off because I, I i remember telling him fuck off um he pulls out a bag of coke and when he pulls it out I, I i'm not really like against it like i i've never done it i wouldn't do it well i did it that night but um he told me he was like hey man like you want to bump a line and i was I was just like, no, I really don't want to. Like, I don't know who you are. I'm going to call my friends to come in here. And he was like, no, no, it's cool. And then he was like, you sure? And I was like, it kind of piqued my interest just because he started becoming more attractive. And I guess I was just really drunk that made him more attractive. But he kind of seemed very persuasive. And when I told him I'm scared to do it because I don't want to get addicted, he... He just looked me in the eye and he just, he literally said, it's not an addiction if you don't buy it. And I was like, oh my God, I love that reasoning. And then I bumped a line with him and I was like, and I really regretted that night and I felt so dirty and I never did coke after that ever again. Yeah, that's me jumping back to my drug part. But yeah, going back to raves, um, ever since that first shit show went down, we gave it another go, and I've been loving it ever since. The whole community of the rave EDM community is really awesome. Um, everyone's so inviting and open. Everyone's just... No one cares how you look, dude. 
that's the best part about it. You can go naked and people don't care. You can be, I don't know, you could have like a banana and people won't even care. I'd kiss you if you had a banana. But that's the best thing about music festivals. It brings everyone together. Like there's some people I feel like I would never talk to in my life if it hadn't been for certain like sets that I've met people at. And I think that's the beauty of the EDM community. I feel like the music brings you together. The concept of player, peace, love, unity, respect. Dude, I fuck stuff with it. I'll kill anyone. Yotron, I love you. Peace out, homies.